You're listening to The Mom Inspired Show, episode 46 with Krista Graham. Welcome to The Mom Inspired Show. I'm your host, Amber Sandberg, and this show is created to inspire, encourage, and add a little extra fun to your day. Hey, you guys, I am so excited to have Krista Graham on today. She is a party planner slash party designer. And I wanted to have her on the show because I don't know if you are like me, but sometimes I just think about having parties for kids. And by the time I've thought it all the way through, (laughs) I just think, I don't really know if I want to do this now. (laughs) And so um, there can just be so much stress to throwing parties. I have friends that have parties and they do amazing at them. And, you know, they're at ease and they're not all crazy. And, you know, I love that about them. However, I don't think that that is my strength. And so I wanted to bring Krista on to talk about how we can have parties that are less stressful. And I also picked her brain on everything from how do you get people to RSVP to your invites to, you know, not being that crazy mom you know, right before the party and after the party when the house looks like, you know, craziness. And how do you stay on budget? And even if you're not talking about kids parties, you know, throwing baby showers and all that kind of stuff, you know, this can all apply to that. And so I wanted to just have her on to pick her brain, talk about party favors and thank you notes, and then how to organize all the gifts after the kids leave. So I hope this show inspires you to throw those parties and not be stressed out and then just enjoy the day. Let's go to the show. Krista, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you. I'm really excited. Uh, So I like to start off every show with an icebreaker and I love to travel and I want to inspire other moms to travel as well. So I love to ask, what is your favorite vacation spot that you have gone to and why? And this can be with or without kids. Well, we are a Disney family, so I'd have to say um, Disney World at this time, although we do like to go to different places. I guess our favorite thing would be experiencing new places. Mm -hmm. Um, So, but we have been to Disney several times, so I have to say that's number one on my list. Awesome. Where do you like to stay when you go to Disney? Um, We like to stay on property, and the only hotel we actually have stayed in is um, All-Star Movies. Oh, yeah. So. Mm -hmm. Hopefully this trip we're going in November, hopefully we can branch out and try something different. Um, But I am booked there right now waiting for some fall specials to come out. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Um, I've stayed at Art of Animation and that's really great. And it's still within, um, they don't call, I don't think they call it the budget hotels. They call it something else, I think. Um, But it's not as crazy expensive as the other ones. And it's such a fun you know, pools and all that kind of stuff, you know, so fun decorations and our uh, designs, you know, I should say so, but, um, that is cool. Yeah. We, we have gone to, we just went on a Disney cruise this past spring. That was amazing. And, um, Disney last year with, uh, you know, living in Tennessee, it's not that bad to get to. So, um, which then will lead me into introducing you with where you live and all that. So that will probably be a change, you know, where, you were living in Georgia before and now living in Michigan. So, but we'll jump into that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. So, well, let's get started. And um, how about you tell us uh, your name, where you're from, how many kids you have, and how you got to where you are today? Okay. I'm Krista Graham. I have two kids, and currently we're living in Michigan, right between Detroit and Ann Arbor. Um, we just moved here, like you said, from Georgia, although I'm originally from Ohio. So, <laughs> I've lived in several different places. Um, North Carolina also along the way. So I have, you know, a scattering of friends all around 
the uh, eastern United States, at least. And um, like I said, we just moved back up here due to my husband's job and um, just kind of still getting to know the place. We've been here about a month. Um, So I'm excited to start um, working my business full time now that we're up here. And then once the kids go back to school, I can really dive in to that full time and um, trying to build that. Yeah. And so um, how about you tell us a little bit about what your business is? Yeah, I am a um, event designer and planner. So I also have a DIY party planning blog. So the party planning is more toward the wedding and the larger upscale events. And then the party planning blog is more for moms who want to throw their parties for their kids or for their families, their husbands or whatnot. Um, But they kind of need a little extra help to show them how to do certain things and how to um, get into the process. Yeah. So what made you go into this business? Well, I've always thrown parties. I was just thinking last night, I can track 15 years ago back to college when I was planning carnivals for our North Campus at Ohio State. So it's been a long time I've been planning parties, small and large, and I really have a passion for it. And just seeing the person light up that the party is planned for, um, it just gives me all the feels, all the good feelings. Um, So I come from a medical field and you don't really get that in the medical field that often. So um, what I found was when I was planning parties and coming home, I was energized and I was ready to go again and plan something else uh, where my day job kind of drained me and I just wanted to come home and go to sleep. So I decided that that's not how I wanted to live and I needed to make a change. So I decided to pursue my passion. Yeah, I love that. You know, I um, used to work in HR and um, in Michigan, I worked in HR and then in here in um, Nashville area that I worked in HR and each component of that HR job involved event planning. And that was really my most favorite part of the HR position, which is not normally when you think about human resources, you don't normally think that. And so that's kind of how I knew that I shouldn't be in human resources because I'm like, (laughs) the part that I really like about it is not really fall into true, I feel like human resources, but because they're smaller companies, you know, you wear many hats. And so, but Mm -hmm. I always loved, you know, I put together the, you know, employee picnics every year. And then I put together, um, uh, at one of the jobs we would do, um, a big annual conference and, you know, that would be at a hotel and all that kind of stuff. So it was a lot of fun. Um, so I can see where, you probably felt, hey, this is so much fun. And if you weren't really doing that in your job, then, you know, you're probably just slowly dying, you know, that you're not really, you know, being passionate about what you're doing. So, exactly. I, yeah, I like that. <clears throat> well, you know what? I wanted to ask you this because there's many moms that listen to the show and they have amazing talents and they may be thinking, can I really do this? So, you know, I wanted to, I wanted you to share like, what would you tell those moms that are kind of wondering, like, I have this, especially like creative talents, you know, they're thinking, what can I do? Or how can I make this a business? Or can I take that leap? I I would love for you to share, like, what made you finally take that leap? And what kind of encouragement you could give um, to the moms that are kind of in a similar boat that haven't taken that step yet? Sure. I am a huge believer in the philosophy that the time is going to pass anyway. So the way we fill that time is totally up to us. Um, If you're in a job that you you don't want to be your long term, you know, take small steps to um, change the way you're what fills your life. 
And, um, you know, I didn't do, I didn't just quit my job and start this without thinking about it and without tiptoeing in the sand a little bit. First, um, I started the party planning blog at first while I was working full time and I grew the the readership. It's not still not where I want it to be, but I've grown it um, over the past year or so. And um, when we moved up to Michigan and I have to be totally honest in the fact that I'm not making a full time income right now, I was very lucky in that my husband's new job allowed me to stay home for a while and build clientele and things. So definitely a little... Um, luck and hard work from everybody in the family is involved in encouraging each other and doing what they love. But um, the time's going to pass anyway. You know, 10 years is going to come whether you're living a life that you love or whether you're living a life that you hate. So just sit down and kind of brainstorm everything you would need to do to take that first step and then start scheduling that into your planner, your online planner, however you plan things. Um, start putting those steps on actual dates so that you can remember to get things done. And a lot of little steps is going to eventually lead to that marathon race. Yeah. And you know what? Um, it stood out to me. So um, we were talking about the time will pass. Um, I remember something that my grandma had said um, when I was going into school. So I, I didn't do the traditional, you know, 18 to 22 um, college. I, I mean, I did some classes and then I started a job and I wasn't in love with it, um, but I found out that they would pay for school. So I remember thinking, oh my gosh, but I'm going to be graduating later than I thought. And then um, I was able to get my master's too. And I remember telling my grandma, like, I'm going to get my master's at 26. I laugh at that now because <laughs> I like that so young. <laughs> so any of you that are 26 or younger, like really enjoy that. It's not, it's not old at all. Um, but when you're 20, exactly. when you're 21 and stuff like that, 26 feels old. Cause especially if everybody's kind of doing their master's right after college. So they're kind of finishing at 24. And um, even just saying this, it seems silly because I'm like, oh, my gosh. Um, so I remember thinking I'm going to be done at 26 with my master's, <clears throat> which is actually young. Like now now being older and kind of being past that. I mean, a lot of people go back later. Right. They get into work and they're like, you know what? I need to get my master's. And I just remember my grandma saying, you're going to be 26 with or without your master's. And I thought to myself, you're right. Like, so. I, it doesn't matter. I can't go back in time and start over to be younger. So I totally love that you're saying that like you, you're going to live the next 10 years, for example, and more. And um, but are you going to enjoy your life or are you going to hate it? And so either way, you're going to be 10 years older. So yep. that's perfect. And, you know, for the women that are listening um, and they're just thinking, I don't know if I can drop my income or maybe we could but I can't just, you know, do it right away. Is there any recommendations that you would give them that helped you kind of just drop one income, you know, to make that transition a little bit easier? Uh, yeah. So, you know, look at your budget, write down everything that you spend, have, and we've started having budget meetings um, the weekend before paydays just to make sure everything is um, getting paid on time and all that. And look at every line item, figure out if you need to cut back where you can cut back on, um, and then for time, you know, you, you might be spending less money and you might be spending more time on things for a while. So if you have your full time job, your what's left if you work a day job is evenings and weekends. So you might have to sacrifice, you know, a couple days a week or one day a week of family time to get your business going. But keep your your eye on the prize and know that eventually um, if you keep working it and building it, 
that you will get back so much more time in the long run than you're having to sacrifice in the short term. Yeah, that's great advice. Um, So let's jump into the whole, you know, event planning, uh, party planning, etc. When it comes to sending out invitations, especially, you know, these days we're using evites uh, or anything that's online invitations for parties, it can be so hard to get people to RSVP. So do you have any recommendations for, you know, hurting all the cats (laughs) to to actually (laughs) say yes or no? (laughs) Sure. Um, So my belief is the invitation is the first um, sort of look at what the party is going to be. So the more fun that you make that invitation, the more likely people will want to come. They'll be intrigued of, you know, oh, this, you know, looks like a carnival setting. You know, what are they going to have? Is she going to have a clown? Is she going to do this or that? Um, So get people jazzed about your event just from the invitation. Um, I'm a fan of paper uh, invitations, but even if you send electronic ones, there are great sites out there. You can design your own um, or on Etsy. You can pay somebody to design one with your personal information. Um, I actually do that a lot for my kids parties. And then you can either email that or you can have them printed at the office shop or at your own home and have your kids take it to school or whatever and pass them out. Um, But don't be afraid to follow up. I know a lot of people say, okay, I sent the invitation and I'm not hearing back. Get on the phone or shoot an email or, you know, if you see your friend's your kids, friends, parents that pick up, you know, maybe just stop and say, Hey, did you get the invitation? Um, you know, we're really excited. We have a clown coming and we need to know how many kids to plan for. Can you give me a, a yes or no? If you're coming, um, don't be afraid to do that follow-up. You can't just throw things out there and then just let them sit and assume that they got them. Maybe the kids didn't even give it to the parents. So, uh, I would say make it a great invitation. First of all, and then do a follow-up. And then if you don't hear from people the week of the party, maybe do a second follow-up just to make sure. Because I know I've had people calling the morning of the party and say, oh my gosh, I forgot to call you. Can I still come? And of course, I'm going to say yes. I'm not going right, to turn no. them away. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's so frustrating to plan for a certain number and then um, people, you know, more people show up or less people show up than you expect. So it's frustrating either way. But I think the more follow up you have, um, you're kind of taking control of that situation rather than um, giving the control to the people that you invited. So here's my question, especially if you're doing uh, paper invitations versus sending them online where you can kind of see what people, you know, people are interacting or responding and you can kind of keep sending reminders. So if you send a paper invitation and say you don't have their phone number what would you do? Like, how would you even go about it? Or would you just let that go? Uh, Cause you're not going to write them a letter saying, are you coming? Right. <laughs> right. I would probably just let it go. Like, okay. you know, kids, most of the time it's a rule that you have to invite the whole class yes. to the party. If you don't mm-hmm. invite anybody. So at that point I would probably just let it go. Uh, if you want to maybe try and control that a little bit more, don't put your address on the actual invitation. You can say RSVP, here, you know, give your phone number or email address for the location of the party or something. And then, you know, if nobody calls you, of course, they're not coming if they don't know where you live. So maybe oh, that's a little Oh, that's trick. interesting to kind of not put the exact location. So it, they have to RSVP in order to get that. That's kind of tricky, but I like yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Well, okay, so moving on to another question. So if people are having kids' birthday parties or throwing baby showers, what would you suggest in regards to throwing the perfect party, but without getting completely stressed out? And, you know, what, what I'm talking about is, you know, 
getting your house ready and cleaning it? And, you know, how do you figure out how much food and what kind of food and where are the best places to do all that and to buy decorations? Do you have any tips that you have found? Like these are great places to do food. These are great places to buy decorations um, that maybe are a little bit different than what everybody thinks, or is it the obvious, you know, party city and stuff like that? Not for the food, obviously. Um, (laughs) So I would love to hear your thoughts on this. Sure. So uh, about getting your house ready, just remember that nobody's going to lift your couch up to see if there's dust under the couch or things like that. And if they do, then they may not want to come to your party anyway. Um, But just take it easy, you know, clean the surfaces that people are going to see. They're probably not going to be in your master bedroom. So any clutter and stuff, just gather it up in a big laundry basket and put in a closet or put on your bed to deal with later. Um, Don't go crazy over cleaning every little nook and cranny. That is the one thing that stops people from having parties at their houses. They just get overwhelmed with that. Um, If you do have several tasks to do, just make a list um, the week of the party and every day try and get a couple things done so that it's not all left for the very end. And then um, as far as where to buy things, if, if you want quick and easy, Party City is a great place to do it. Uh, I do buy a lot of things there. I buy balloons there. I buy kind of the um, just multicolored things there. And then if you want more of a custom experience, you can go on Etsy is a great place. You can Google event designers in your area if you want to do something really, really nice. Um, But don't get too bogged down in the details. I'd say if you want to have a really great party, Focus on one thing. So if you want a beautiful dessert display, put your time and energy and your money in that display and make it absolutely great. And then scale back maybe on the utensils and whatever and just do like a plain color that coordinates with your design. Um, If you want to have a clown come, you know, maybe put your, your money into hiring the best clown or two clowns that you can get to come to the party and then do the more reserved decorations. So kind of figure out what you want people um, to be impressed with and spend your time and energy there and then just kind of fill in, fill in after that. Yeah. So with Etsy, what would you say is a really great thing? And maybe it wouldn't be so much with kids parties, but maybe if somebody was doing a baby shower, is there anything that stands out to you with Etsy that you're like, you know what? this is worth buying from Etsy, like to make the party look really great or I don't know, put a special touch. Does anything stand out to you that you've done that you're like, I'm so glad I spent the extra money on Etsy versus just buying a generic thing? Yeah. Um, the right now there's really popular is called the Royal baby shower. So there's a lot of Etsy, um, designers that have the cute little like cherub looking babies and they have the little prince princess crown or prince crown. Um, and that kind of gives it a special touch and kind of plays on the baby shower theme a little bit, but it's not the pastel pink and the pastel blue. You can customize the mm. colors that they make everything. Um, and then the a great way to make a party look pulled together is to use that little detail in several places. So use that little baby or whatever, you know, character you want, use it on the um, party favor bags, use it on the food table on little cards that, to write the name of the food there, you know, use that in the corner of the card, use that on the invitation, kind of carry that theme throughout each space of the party. Yeah, that's, I I like that. I like seeing that when you kind of see that cohesiveness. Um, Uh So, you know, you may have parents that have, you know, 
nine month olds and they're getting ready to do their first birthday. Um, is there an average that you feel like this is a good amount to spend? So I'm talking about the people that are not going to go over the top and go insane. You know, we know those people. I don't know them personally, but you know, you, there's just people that kind of, you know, they just go over the top. And um, I'm just talking about, you know, an, a great party that's not nuts. Um that, you know, people will have fun and, you know, there'll be great pictures, you know, with the baby in it. And um, it, what would you say? So if there was like hmm, maybe 20 people coming to the party, what would you say is a good gauge of how much you're looking at? Like from all your planning, like, is there like a go-to number that you're kind of like, it's always going to be this much. And then you kind of stack it, you know, more if you're going to, if you want higher end stuff and whatnot. Like, is there a gauge? Cause I'm just thinking, I know a lot of people probably get so overwhelmed and they're just like, I don't even know where to start. I don't even know what the budget is. And then the husband's like, okay, the kid could just have pizza. We don't need to even do this. So I'm just giving, I just want to give mom some, um, a chance to be like, okay, so if I can know that it most likely will cost at least this, then I can kind of figure out where to go from there. Sure. Um, so look at it. I kind of look at it as a balance between time and money. So how much time do you have to spend on it versus how much money do you want to invest in this party? Obviously, if you don't have a lot of money, you're going to have to DIY some things and maybe everything. Maybe you want to do everything. So you're going to have to invest a lot more time in it. Whereas if you um, don't have time and you just want to hire somebody to do it, of course, it's going to cost a lot more money because you're not only paying for the materials, you're paying that person for their time and their effort to design and, and set up the party. So <clears throat> a DIY party, I say you can do a really great party. And, you know, if we're thinking about the one-year-old, you're probably not going to be hiring a lot of entertainment or anything. You can probably do a really great party for family for 150 bucks. And that's DIYing things and buying, you know, maybe not the most expensive cake, um, but you can have, you know, a nice party for that. I've thrown parties that, you know, I've gone crazy and I think it's crazy at spending $500 on a birthday party, but I also know people who've spent $5,000 mm -hmm. on a birthday party. Oh yeah. So mm -hmm. it's, it's really how far you want to go with it. Sure. I'd say, I'd say at least 150 and then anything extra, you know, above the basics you're going to have is going to go up from there. And then if you don't even have 150, just say, you know, just keep it at close family, maybe invite grandma and grandpa over or your, your aunts and uncles, brothers and sisters, if you have them, um, just keep it as small as possible. Or even just say, hey, you know, she's just one. She won't remember this. Mm -hmm. We're going to go out to dinner and celebrate her birthday <laughs> yeah. at a really great restaurant. You know, and even if you pay for yourself and, you know, the grandparents and stuff, you know, maybe it'll be cheaper than actually throwing the party. Yeah. So and you know what? As the child feels celebrated, that's really right. what what the point is. Right. And you know what? I'm kind of more this way. I rather go um, less people and more what I want to do. So like more the food that I would like to serve my guests and all those little extras, maybe, you know, a higher end cake, you know, a good quality cake. I don't mean like a tiered cake, but like, you know, it's, it's a great cake that tastes good. Um, so I think that's what you also have to decide. Is it more about the quantity? Do you want to have a lot of people then, um, and you only have a certain budget, then you're going to have to decide, okay, we're going to do pizza or whatever. And then if you have, if you have less people, then you can, you know, maybe you can do gourmet sandwiches or something. So 
I think it just depends on what you're looking for. Now with baby showers or even bridal showers, um, what do you feel like that the norm is for a DIY shower? And I don't know what then I don't even, you know, and they can all range with how many people, but like, say if there's like 30 people or something like that, if, if, you know, if some women are listening and they're thinking, okay, we got to put this, you know, baby shower together, you know, and you know, how much do we think it's going to be? Uh, how much are we all going to split the cost? What would you say is a gauge of like throwing a great one, but doing a lot of things yourself? I would say, um, for about 30 people, I would say to, maybe in the range of three to $500. And I know that sounds um, like a big range, but it's kind of hard to, it all goes back to what do you want to do and how deep do you want to do it? Um, but when you're throwing parties for other people, at least for me, I feel like I spend more on other people than I do on myself. So just with that in mind, I'd say, you know, maybe plan to spend $500. And if you have a group, if it's a bridal shower, if all the bridesmaids can pitch in, you know, maybe it only ends up costing about a hundred dollars per person. And with a, with a family event like that, it's more um, appropriate, I think, to ask, you know, aunties or grandma, you know, can you make your famous whatever dish, you know, and sure. bring, yeah. um, to help out. So have family pitch in and they'll feel good, especially older women in the family. They always feel good taking care of everybody else. So ask them to, um, you know, make a dish of whatever food they're good at making. Um, and that'll help cut down on the cost too. Yeah, I like that. So we're going to jump into party favors. And, you know, there's so much fun and they're so cute. I mean, I love going to parties and seeing the party favors and they're not even for myself. I mean, I just think, oh, this is so fun. And, the, and my girls think it's so cool to see that there's these little bags and they don't know what's in it or, you know, cute little cookies. But I want to know what your thought is. Cause I think people literally could stress out about this. Like, do I do the party favor? Do I not do the party favor? Are people going to think I'm cheap if I don't do the party favor? And then some people are like, these are kids' birthdays and I'm talking young, young birthdays. Okay. And that you're like, do they really need party favors? So I would love to hear what your thought is on this. Sure. Um, I I have to admit a few years ago, I was the one who I would buy all the plastic little pieces of junk at the store that had the the Superman or whatever theme yeah. on it just to make the, the party bag. Right. And once you throw a few parties like that and you see how much is left behind and you, you know, go to other people's parties and you see your kids just leaving the stuff in the car for weeks and weeks and never even looking at it again, you realize that that's just a waste of money, in my opinion. Those types are a waste of money. I like to do what I call, and I don't know if anybody else calls it this, but I call them functional party favors. I love um, it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Something that you know that's more likely people are going to use. So if you're having a spa birthday party for your teenager um, or tween, maybe a little bottle of nail polish and a nail file, and you can get that at the Dollar Tree. So it doesn't even have to be expensive bottle um, or maybe mm -hmm. a lip balm or something. with or a, a bath bomb. A, yeah. Or a bath bomb. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Those, right. those are everywhere these days. And, you know, just custom, customize it to the theme of the party and something, even if it's a cookie, like you said, the cute yeah, cookies, it's consumable. a little picture on it. Mm -hmm. Yes. Something yeah. somebody's going to eat or mm -hmm. use um, and actually get some value right. out of. I agree. And so, so yeah, because I feel like there's a point where it's, it's a great idea and it's cute, but then people feel bad, like if they're throwing it out, but then you're like, okay, now I have this thing laying around the house and then you probably will end up throwing it out. And then if you have small kids you or, you know, babies, you don't want that around. So then you end up putting it high and then it gets forgotten or forgot about. And so, you know, I do think that, 
you know, if they're cookies or something that you can consume in a good amount of time, you know, kind of like you were saying, nail polish or a bath bomb or whatever, it's like, yeah, those are great. It's not cluttering up your house, you know, because I'm, I'm all about not trying to just consume a bunch of stuff. And so um, I say if people can't find something that's consumable or they can't afford to do the cute cookies or whatever, I would just say, just forget about it. I don't think people are yeah. going to, you know, hold you to it. And you so. can always do, um, I like to have for kids parties, I like to have an activity going when they first show up before the party actually gets started. So, you know, they can always use that little art craft activity mm, and it I can like be that. inexpensive. It could even be scraps of stuff that your kids have left over mm, in the art room Yeah, that they have, you, you know, just yeah. like make superhero masks for a superhero party I or for it. all your favorite princess or, you know, whatever it is. Um, you can think of that as the favor. Just make sure everybody oh, takes yeah. their best product. I home. like that idea. It kind of wrangles them in before while you're waiting for everybody. Because you don't mm-hmm. really think about that. What are you going to do while you're waiting? And you're because you're not going to start the party until most everybody's there. So I love that. That's a good idea. Okay, so this then leads me to the end of the party. You know, obviously with uh, you get the gifts and all that stuff. What is your thoughts with opening gifts versus not? And I will say that I am around people that are n- not normally opening presents. So I don't know if that's where uh, where we live and that's the norm or if that has just somehow come I don't even know. It's it, it's like I ha- I haven't even had kids in the era where they were really opening gifts. It kind of was just like yep, they don't open them and I think it's when you start the party so young that you don't want to make the other kids upset that yeah. They're not getting it. And it's hard to explain because everybody's starting the birthday party so young, you know, so it's yeah. like you have a two year old and then all these other two year olds are like well, wanting the toy. And so I think that's kind of where it started. And plus, too, if you're, you know, renting out, you know, a place, you know, a trampoline park, whatever, I feel like they don't want to take up that time to open the presents because they want to use yeah. that time. So what is your thoughts on that? And and have you noticed that, too? Or are are you like on the other fence where everybody opens the presents? Uh, I grew up and I think we have always um, had them open their presents. Um, but I mostly do parties that are at my house and I have mm. been on a pretty tight timeline. So yeah. I'm not keeping people there for four sure. hours. I, I try and be really cognizant of that. Um, I, I don't mind as a guest either way. I would say if you don't open the gifts, make sure that you're sending thank you cards. Yes. Um, to make, you know, just to show the appreciation yeah. of the gifts. And, and that they not, got it, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, you know, because I think that's the, the most important thing about the opening of the gifts is, and especially with um, kids, is telling them, showing them in person that, hey, this person bought you this, say thank you, you know, to be grateful about things. Mm, so yeah. that's the way we've always done it. Um, yeah. We've always opened them that way, but I don't see a problem either way, especially sure. like you said, if you're renting out a jump house or something like that, they they have you on such a tight timeline that you hardly have right. time to eat pizza before yeah. they're pushing you to the next room. Right. So I don't think it's I don't think it's a faux pas or anything, but just make sure you send that thank you card to let them know that they got it and they appreciate yeah. it. Okay, so that's a good point. So let's talk about thank you cards. Now, what if they are opening them in front of you? Do you feel like there's a thank you card that has to go out? I still do. I'm kind of old fashioned about that. I send a lot of handwritten notes to people and I always send a thank you card. If a person buys a gift, if they come to the party and don't necessarily give a gift, I'll still, I'll at least send them a, a email or a text or call them and say, thanks for coming. 
Um, but especially if they bring a gift, I'll write the thank you card. Or if my kids are, once they got old enough to write themselves, I'll sit them down with the list of people who came and um, have them write their own cards that way. And even even when they were too young to write, I would write the thank you card and I'd let them Don't call them sign it. Yeah, so. right. So <laughs> exactly. they, yeah, they were part of it. But so here's the thing, because I, I think that because you love doing this, I think you you can obviously see you have you know, a passion for sending the paper invites and you want to write the cards, which I think is great. And I have that to some degree. And then I don't know what happens. I think life takes over. And I'm like, yeah, that didn't happen. Um, So I like that you have the follow through. But I feel like because a lot of people do the evites, they don't have everybody's, you know, address to even send them the thank you card. So that's where it gets interesting, because I don't know how you would even send them a paper thank you card. So that's where maybe what you were saying with the email, like sending something to them to say, I mean, I know it's not, uh, it's not as uh, probably the etiquette is probably not there, but then I guess we're already going to evites that are electronic, you know, so that's already kind of going that direction. So much of that etiquette is going to the wayside. And I think I'm just stuck in that because that's just how I was brought up. But right. Um, I think so much of it is going electronic and is, yeah. is I, I hard, honestly, when I go to birthday party, I hardly ever get a thank you card from anybody else. So I may right. be the only one yeah. and my client, <laughs> I may be encouraging my clients to do it. And they're like, yeah, nobody does that anymore. <laughs> but I, I, I just, I, I don't feel right in myself until I send that thank you card. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can understand that. And you know what I've noticed? I've had some friends send me um, pictures of the child holding holding the gift. And I think that's great because then you get yeah, to see the right, child yeah. and then you can show your kids like, hey, look at, they opened your gift. Um, and I do think that's fun. So that's also something to think about that. I think it's easy You have if you have their your, their phone number, or you could email them a picture. I think that goes along more with, hey, you're acknowledging that they opened the gift and that they got the gift. And so then you can kind of go, oh, good. They know that they got it. And so you know that they got it. So it's just another option if you don't want to do the, because I do think there's a lot of limbo, like, oh, do you bother sending the thank you card? But I want to say, hey, I got this. So I think, I think sending a picture is pretty awesome. So that's, that might be a good middle ground. Um, But Krista, we're almost at the end of the show. And I would love for you to share with us, what is your process for after the parties, especially if you're having it at the house, you know, you have all this extra food, the mess, and then you have all the presents, you know, and um, you may not really actually have space for them, you know, so what is what's your thoughts on all that? And how do you kind of manage it? Yeah, I um, the only two things I do when a party is over is I throw away all the trash, so it doesn't start stinking. And I put away any food that is left over just for the same reason. So it doesn't go bad and doesn't start smelling up the house. And then I sit down because most people yeah, don't. you're tired. <laughs> yeah, most people don't enjoy themselves. They don't relax during a party that they're throwing. So, um, you know, I sit down, I'll talk with my family, you know, if anybody's lingering from the party, um, if family just stays over to visit or whatever, just sit down and, ha- and have a conversation with them. Go take a nap if everybody leaves, you know, all that stuff is going to be there later that day or the next day. Um, so and I kind of have a methodical way that I do it after I take my rest. Uh, I'll go through again and make sure I have all the trash up. There's inevitably somebody leaves a cup sitting in the weirdest spot. You're like, why would you even put that there? But you know, pick up all the, the rest of the trash. I kind of corral everything into the kitchen and I'll clean everything else so that 
the, the only thing I have left is the kitchen. Um, and then the toys, I actually will just put like in a laundry basket or something like that. And I'll fold up all the gift bags and throw away all the tissue paper and the gift bags I'll put in my office to keep and reuse. And then um, all the toys, I don't let the packaging go upstairs because I know it will get lost in a black hole of my children's rooms. So I, you know, even if we don't open everything that day, it doesn't go upstairs until it's opened and the tra- the packaging has gone in the trash or the recycling. Um, and then, you know, once you get down to the kitchen, just wash the dishes and, you know, wipe down the kitchen and then you're done. Yeah, I like <laughs> that you don't let them take the packaging upstairs. And I'm telling you that the, the packaging these days are <laughs> so <laughs> hard to open. I mean, yes. I don't know. There's times that my husband's like having a hard time or you're going to cut yourself on that hard plastic. I mean, I'm just like, did you guys even want us to open these toys? (laughs) So, so I feel like even if you took it up there to the room, I probably would just stay in that box because I don't really know how they would get it out. You know, you have to have like, uh, um, pliers sometimes on some of those or a screwdriver to like um, undo. I, it's, it's crazy to me. So, um, but I do think that's a good idea to kind of control it, you know, and then be able to manage all the garbage and stuff. So, but Krista, as we wrap up, where can people find you on social media and your website? Sure. Um, my website, you can go to kristagram.com and you can find both the party planning business and the DIY party blog. There's links for those there. Um, and then on Facebook, it's just Christogram events and Instagram is Christogram underscore events. Okay. And, and I just want to do places that I go. Sorry. I just wanted to say that uh, Krista is spelled with a C. So, you know, I oh, always, yeah. it always drives yep. me crazy when I'm listening to a podcast and I'm like, and you're driving, right. And you're kind of like, okay, but how do you spell their name? Especially if it's like Christie's and all that kind of stuff, you're like, is it a K or a C? So yeah, it's, it's Krista with a C. So, um, Krista, thank you so much for coming on the show. This was a lot of fun. And I hope that this gives, um, people some ideas on how to do parties and just be able to, you know, inspire them to actually do it, that they can do it on their own. Yeah. Thank you for having me. And if anybody has any questions, I'm very open to, um, counseling and suggestions. So you can just email me at hello at kristagram.com and I would be glad to answer any questions for you. And there you have it. Hey, if you have not signed up for the email list and you want to have the resources and the links sent to your home directly and not go searching all through the internet for it, then make sure you go to mominspiredshow.com, put in your name and your email, and you will be getting every episode every week so that you don't miss it and all the links that we talk about in the show. All right. I hope you have a great week and I'll see you next time. 